and welcome to Kitty Talks, the podcast that shows you how to follow your passion and purpose. My name is Kitty Waters. I'm a serial entrepreneur and co-founder of ATL Europe Group, also the creator of Kitty Talks. Our mission is to inspire a generation of changemakers to follow their passion and purpose and make a difference on the planet. All our interviewees have been carefully selected and you will hear amazing inspirational stories of people who have listened to their little voice and followed their purpose. They will reveal bite-sized tips and success secrets that can help you to fulfill your passion and purpose on the planet. Be sure to head over to kittytalks.com and sign up for our exclusive club where you can hear behind-the-scenes footage. These interviews will inspire you to take action. Please like and share so others can have the courage to follow their passion and purpose too. Welcome to Kitty Talks. We share inspirational life stories that empower you to create yours. And today I'm with me, Peter Kelly. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Kitty. I'm so excited to be on this show. I love speaking to people on your side of the world. (laughs) Oh, yeah, exactly. You're all all the way over in Australia. I am. I'm in Australia now. I live um, between Australia and the USA, but right now I'm in Bondi getting ready to have my first baby. I'm excited. Congratulations. You're literally six weeks away, aren't you? Yeah. Any, uh, yep. Six, four, eight. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Um, for those of you that don't know, um, Peter is on a mission to unleash Generation Y. She was recently featured in Forbes' Top 27 Female Entrepreneurs Changing the World. And so that is why we wanted to speak to her here on Kitty Talks and get to understand her journey and her life story. So you, how are you doing? So, Peter, I'd love to know a little bit more about your work in the world. Like, you've got an amazing tribe. Like, tell us a bit more about what you're up to. Yeah. So, right now, I'm working with, um, I, I mean, I was working for so long with just millennials, and I was building sort of a large organization of purely millennials. But now it's like, it's become, my tribe is less defined, I suppose, by age and more just defined by spirit. So, I'm working with, um, I say people who really identify with the new way and the new consciousness, and I call it the new way to live, lead, earn, and give. Um, you know, the new way to lead a tribe, the new way to build a conscious enterprise, the new way to relate to money, the new way to take care of our planet and integrate social cause in everything we do. Just this new way, this new consciousness, like breaking it down, uh, explaining it, defining it, and giving people, particularly our, our generation, guidelines and mentorship around it so they they can really understand because this is the thing with our generation we see things differently so differently we have this different understanding of the world and it's so innate for us and the whole world i just wrote a chapter in my book about today the whole world is trying so badly to understand millennials or this generation regardless of age just understand why are their standards so high why is there a social cause attached to everything they do why is it, why are they driven more by purpose than profit? Why are they intolerant, like intolerant? And I call it divine intolerance. Like why are they intolerant to any systems and, and standards that don't work for the planet anymore? Why do they want to have a better, more thriving working environment? Like there's never been a generation more under the microscope than ours. So my work is in not just being a voice for our generation to help the world understand that this is just beautiful evolution. 
but also to work with these change makers on our planet from all over the globe, um, Europe, Asia, America, Australia, um, Africa, all over, and to help them understand their unique gifts and abilities, help them understand their genetic wiring, help them understand um, how brilliant they all are, and just really to mobilize them to, to live into their highest vibration and their highest work and their highest creativity, and their highest sense of radical alignment so that we can, one by one, like the work you're doing, just raise the vibration, essentially. Mm -hmm. So we're all doing it in our own way. And um, So I, I have events mm -hmm. uh, where, where it's very much like, uh, I call it like a festival of consciousness. It's very much playful. It's, it's really about making personal development, this personal development world, business development, spiritual development, leadership development, making it very the norm. playful. Like, yeah, playful. Like we can get mm -hmm. so serious. You know, you go to these events in these corporate hotels and, you sit there and you write in your notebook and it's just, it sometimes it gets a bit serious, like that we want to change the world. It becomes very dark and heavy. So um, a big part of the work I'm doing now is helping these global change makers, these, these global thought leaders really um, do their work in, in a new uh, alignment and in a higher sense of play and lightness than perhaps ever before, because that's really what I feel our planet is pulling out for is that lightness is like okay yeah you're here to change the world you're going to you're perfectly equipped to it's happening but can you be um, a little lighter about it like can you smile perhaps when the rest of the world is not smiling can you play perhaps when the rest of the world thinks it's a distraction to play can you get up and go and walk in nature when the rest of the world perhaps thinks they need to be changed their desk and can you still create absolutely epic shit for our planet that rewards um, everyone and bridges these gaps and solves these problems, which is absolutely what our generation is here to do. So that was a long way of saying that my work is in, my work is in, um, yeah, is working with this amazing generation of global change makers, um, working with conscious enterprise to help them understand, working with big corporations to help them understand our generation more and just really helping to bridge these gaps um, and just creating really great, creating really great events and mentoring programs um, to bring to bring people together and to mobilize them to just to live into their highest potential and their unique genius. Mm, absolutely. So yeah, I'm totally with you. Like we are literally a critical point, I think, in humanity's existence. Mm -hmm. So, you know, harnessing that energy, so creating a life that work is in balance for every individual, but also for the planet, you know, is absolutely essential work. So yeah, I thank you for your work. And I, yeah. I very much align with you because I would say we're definitely on the same mission. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd love, because um, obviously what we're doing here is explaining life stories and life journeys so other people can see themselves in your journey. So um, one of the things I'm passionate about is the fact that people don't necessarily have to uh, operate within the system anymore, that they can essentially create and manifest lives that have an impact on the planet, but also are in balance with themselves. And so I'd love for you to explain about your journey. I know that, you know, you were a classic kind of science PhD uh, student. You know, how do you go from that to what you're doing today? That's incredible. It's crazy. I know. And I still so love science. Like I'm just still such a science nerd, but it's just, it's, it's been wild. I think back, I think you know, I'm 28 now. So it would have been when I was maybe 22, 22, I think 22 when I was 
22 or 23 that I was in my PhD, which seems crazy because I was a baby. That's but... what I was going to say, isn't that? <laughs> Your PhD, that's yeah. you're just coming out of uni, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, in Australia, we finished school and we're 17. And then I went straight to university. So I was 17 when I started university. Wow. So I turned 18 about halfway through. Yeah. It's young. Brilliant. And I was like, I was just, who was I? But, um, but I started, I always knew going through school that I wanted to be a doctor in the field of exercise physiology. I loved the human body. I always played sports. I loved health and I loved helping people. Like I was always very disturbed and upset by obesity and just things that didn't make sense to me. Things where, things where I felt people weren't being given the full truth. That always bothered me. Even as a kid, I would be upset if I saw children drink Coca-Cola in the morning. Like I just had this sense of responsibility to just um, to just help people always. So I thought that the way to do that um, because I was excited about helping people, was to um, leave school and get into UWA and then write an honors thesis about, about the human body and about metabolism specifically. And then I'd get a PhD scholarship. And then I would have a doctor on my name by the time I was 25. And then I could um, help so many people and I could also fulfill the dream I had of retiring as a mom. You had a whole life mapped out by the sounds of it. It was all mapped out. Yeah. It was all mapped out, which for me and my personality type is great. You know, I just have to do the work. It's just fantastic. But, um, you know, so I, I, it all was going to plan. It really was. I did great at school, um, like 94.5 in my um, end of school stuff, what TER we call it here. Then I went on to do university. I just I worked I worked hard, like being raised by a single mom. I always knew how to work hard. That was never a problem. Um, but then, and then I went on to do my honors year, which was the big make or break year. You got to get eighty percent in this year, and then write a paper, um, do a thesis, and then we will either award you with a PhD scholarship or not. And it was just like my my dream to get a PhD scholarship. Like it was. It was just, I don't even think I had a vision board back then, but if I did, it would have been on. Like, it was my dream. And um, when the day I got my PhD scholarship, it was just the happiest day ever. I was like, wow, now I'm going to be a doctor by the time I'm 25. I'm going to be able to retire my mom one day. I'm going to um, just, like, I just felt such a sense of, uh, you know, uh, I suppose it feels good to have a path, right? It feels safe to have a path. So. When I got into my PhD, and this was about after five or six years of already being at school, which I loved, um, I, I found myself not really knowing what I wanted to do it on, but just really pulling something out of my body. That's essentially what I was doing. I was like, what? There's nothing that really, like there was nothing I really wanted to research at the time. Like I felt like I'd done, I'd done everything I wanted to do, but I was committed to the next three years. So I, I, I did the research with my work with my supervisor, found a topic, but I just wasn't excited. I just wasn't feeling fulfilled. I wasn't like, it, it started to feel like the next three years wasn't going to be, um, it just something felt different about the next three years. It just, it didn't feel as, as flowing and, and, and I suppose right as the rest of the journey did. And, but I didn't let myself entertain any other thoughts than get this done. You're so grateful to be here. Um, you know how many people would kill for this. You've worked so hard. 
what else would you do if you didn't do that? I didn't let myself entertain um, the thoughts of maybe this isn't for me because the noise in my head was so loud um, and I was so focused and there, was, there wasn't many examples of people around me who were, I suppose, doing like living, yeah, doing it any other way than this like ABC path that we've been yeah. shown. So my soul was like speaking so clearly, like, okay, Peter, this is it. You know what the soul's like? It, it, it's just so blunt, straight up. It doesn't need any justification or logic. My soul was so clear, right? It was giving me all the signals in my belly, in my, my energy. Um, I wasn't wanting to get up and go, to go in the morning. I was feeling like every day was a bit of a slog. I started to um, just, just really dread what I was doing every day day which which didn't feel good and it hadn't been my journey up until that point so my body and my soul essentially was so super duper clear that okay there's something else but I didn't yet have the courage to admit that because what made more sense to me was the repeated noise in my head of like like I said well Peter who 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 do you think you are to think there's something better for you out there you don't know anything about business your family didn't have any money. Like you don't know, you don't have, all you know is science and sport and schools. Stick to science and sport and school. Um, you know, if you don't become a doctor by the time you're 25, what are you going to be? Like, who are you outside of this? Like my identity was so clear. And I just kept going and going and going. My head being so loud and my body being so tired. And about six months in when I was just getting ready to present it, present my thesis to the whole board, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, it was like the speaker in my head of all of that continuous noise. It blew up. Yeah. And I remember waking up one day and it was like my soul finally had the space to, to tell me what it wanted to tell me without me really like flicking it off at every chance that I got. And like I said, that, that quote that sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. That's literally all I had that, I woke up one morning and I had 20 seconds of insane courage. And it was because I just got so sick of this noise. I got so sick of these shoulds. My soul started screaming at me that there was something else. And I, I finally got this little bit of courage and I just had to take that and run. And I literally did. I woke up. I didn't tell anyone I was going to do it. I, didn't, I just went to my supervisor's office um, and I was bawling my eyes out and I said, I just had to leave I, I used the word defer back then because yeah you know, I the, word, the word withdrawal was perhaps a little too much yeah. courage but I, I knew I knew I was done um and I remember walking out of that room and, she, and I couldn't explain it to her she was like why like you got so much potential this was a dream and the only word I could use to explain to her was anxiety I was like I you know I didn't want to use all these woo-woo words like my soul is telling yeah. me but it just I just felt like it felt just like I was being grabbed by my soul was grabbing me and tugging me into this higher alignment and forcing me to trust the fact, forcing me to trust what didn't feel good and also forcing me to explore what could feel better. And I had no idea what I was going to do. No idea. So it was the biggest leap of faith ever. I told my mom, thank God she's a supportive person. She was like, it's okay. I trust you. You've done amazing. You're going to do something great. We don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but it, 
in my experience, that's exactly what happens. It's almost like this, you know, you get this nagging doubt, this nagging doubt, you push it away, you push it away. And then it, like you said, the soul keeps coming, it keeps knocking on your door until you get to a point, you just can't ignore it one day. And like you said, you walk in and re- find yourself quitting. You're like, oh my God, how did But mm-hmm. your soul yeah. needs space to speak. You're so lucky that your mum was so supportive. Yeah. Well, that, that was one of the things. It was like the shoulds weren't really coming from anywhere but me. Like, sure, there's like the society shoulds, like, you know, entrepreneurship wasn't really that big. Um, where I was in Perth, which is the most isolated city in the world, um, like things like network marketing weren't big. It wasn't really many young people um, around that were super duper successful doing it another way. Like, you see all your friends be successful lawyers successful engineers successful this successful that and so it was really just like this blind leap of well uh like I don't care what evidence is around me I don't care at all all I all I know is that I just don't have and it was just this 100% faith in um just this knowing and and it's just we always know that's what I learned from that looking back at the time it's just fuzzy and like but looking back, we always know, like it's our intuition, our gut, our soul. It's so clear. We're just waiting for, we're just searching for the courage to do what we need to do. And that's fine if it takes a little while, but the energy doesn't need to be spent on trying to figure it out. It's just on getting the courage because we always know what we need to do all of the time. Um, we just sometimes don't have the courage to match. So you, so you left your PhD and had no idea what you were going to do in the world. And then did you just kind of sit with that or what, how did you go forward? Um, well, I can't, I, like, I'm not the type of person to ever just like do nothing. So I was always working. I had a personal training business on the side, which I never saw being that big because how many clients can you actually train yourself? Right. It wasn't that again, that wasn't my highest excitement. That wasn't something I was super duper excited to do. Um, so I went traveling with my friend. That's what you do when you're 22-year-old and, you, and you're in between work, I suppose. went traveling with her and she, um, she was really successful in mining. And she, um, she introduced me to a business model network marketing. Well, she introduced me to a product. Mm-hmm. And I was so not interested in network marketing. I was like, no, I had these ideas. I'm just going to go home and start a metabolism business. I'm just going to work my own hours. And I'm just going to, uh, you know, just going to build a client base I still I I didn't really um I didn't know all I knew was well I've got a science degree and um I also knew I didn't like working for a boss because I had recently had a job as an exercise physiology where I had a super duper mean boss he used to comment about my hair oh gross just like you didn't even do your hair today I was like what do you mean this is a top knot this is a great hairstyle but anyway <laughs> But she just like, so I, I knew I knew I was craving that freedom from, from um, being spoken down to. I was craving that freedom from being unappreciated. I was craving that freedom from not being able to choose my own hours. So my friend Joe introduced me to this health and wellness product. And she's like, there is a business model, Peter. You'd be great at it. You know? But it didn't make sense to me. Uh, I wasn't interested. So I, I started having the product. Anyway, long story short. Yeah. I accidentally fell into the business model and that business model allowed me, network marketing allowed me to build a tribe of over 60,000 young people around the world. And 
that really groomed me. That that vehicle and that platform really groomed me and was my platform to allow me to step to where I am now. Um, you know, I was, it started to click. I was like, wow, like this, it, I started to learn how to lead a team. I started to learn how to cast a vision. I started to learn how to work with people. I started to learn how to manage money and expand my feeling of abundance and and learn to energetically manage like a big amount of money. I learned to speak in front of people. I learned um, to help people navigate their blocks. Like I learned to to create events. Like all of this through this business model, it was like a university for business leadership, life, money for me. And it was such an accidental thing, which is never actually accidental. But looking back, I was like, I was on a holiday with my friend when it all happened. But it was so fitting. So when I realized what that business model could do, I, I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. I can help people. I can retire my mom. Um, I, can, I can learn to lead. I can learn to, to like really help young people live their ideal day. And none of this was going on anywhere when I started. It was all new. There was no one talking about it. So I was having events every week um, in my hometown of Perth. And it was like 300 people coming each week because they were infatuated with this message of, what does your ideal day look like? And to me, that message is so basic now. Like, looking, but back then it was like so expansive. You know, what if we really could like create the life that we wanted to create? What if we really could uh, earn enough money to, to give without worrying about it? What if we really could like travel the world and not feel guilty about it? What if we really could take care of our parents? Like, what if we really could have resources to create all these things we want to create? Um, so, so the next three years, that's what I did. And I, re- and I built a thriving team. It was just the best vessel and platform. I retired my single mom of four that's along amazing. with my brother. And it and was you, one of the biggest. Are you the oldest? No, my brother is uh, one year older than me. Okay. So he joined me in that business. So we crossed that goal off our list. As a family, we weren't traveling more than ever because single mom of four, we could never go. We could yeah. never go away on family trips growing up. Um, we just, um, my mom just added like 20 years to her life because growing up, she just could not take a day off. Um, but I also got to partner with incredible charities and just, and really do what I wanted to do, which was give. Um, so moving on from that, I started to realize that, okay, my message was evolving. It wasn't just about living the laptop lifestyle and living free. Like that message started to get, okay, I've done that. Let's move on. And I started to move on and realize what my real work was. And it was all about the new way, not just in network marketing. I was serving people far beyond network marketing, the new way to live, lead, earn, and give. I started becoming so fiercely protective of millennials and so deeply able to understand them from my work in network marketing. And I started to, um, I started to create my company now, Genius, which allowed me to... Um, to just yeah move from network marketing into something which extend which included that profession but extended beyond it to include uh, a greater team essentially a team of young people all around the world who were doing living this living this uh, in this new consciousness in their own different ways so it was it was a <laughs> it was just like PhD network marketing and now what I'm doing now and which is would you say it kind of like, because I think, you know, people, you know, personally, my own experience is, you know, you get that uncomfortable feeling, you, but like you said, you don't know what's next. So 
what mm. advice would you have for people? Because essentially it sounds to me like you, you went in, you threw your heart and soul into the network marketing, became successful then. And then did you start to kind of get the message coming through? How did you make that shift into that next phase? It sounds to me like you were listening for what was coming, coming up for you. How, I suppose what I'm trying to do is, is explain to people how you took that and sculpted your message. Like what were the steps? Yeah. So I think the first step is always making sure you're sharing a message because only when you're sharing a message can you receive more of your message. So I was always, um, anything I was learning or downloading or feeling, I was always sharing with my tribe, whether it was on calls, whether it was on um, in live events, it was just always um, sharing the message and passing everything on. It was always like, okay, I understand this. Now, can I sh- now I'm going to share it. And there was a period to be honest, Kitty, of about one, just over a year where I was really like the transition from network marketing to moving on and expanding beyond network marketing, it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense to me. I was, um, no, I was, again, the noise, again, like my highest alignment was calling me, like, Kitty, you have to serve people beyond here as well. Like there's, um, you know, you, there's like, I want you to explore traditional entrepreneurship now. Like, I want you to build these events. I want you to write this book. Like, that was all being really clearly downloaded to me, but it wasn't always clear. Um, so it really did come to, it, it's just such a crazy, like, I think back and I'm like, wow, how did it get, how did it get clear? And I think it's just, it's just a process of always paying attention, always listening to what excites, what excites me the most. Um, what, you know, what are the messages that feel so natural for me to share? Like, it's just paying attention to these natural inclinations, paying attention to um, the, what, where it is in the world we're being most called to serve, where we are most excited to serve, um, you know, just paying attention to these clues that so often we think are not real clues, paying attention to the ideas, paying attention to the visions that are being downloaded to us all of the time, like, these visions and these ideas, they are entities. They are specifically coming to us because we are the human that is equipped to bring them to life. So my transition from, like, my journey in network marketing was perfect and amazing. The message was exactly what I needed to share at the time. But then, but then it started to be like, okay, well, what about the people not in the book? What about actually defining the new way so that people can understand you know, money better and business in general better and leadership better. And that didn't just happen overnight. It very much was like a this period of, um, okay, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, I, I'm feeling that there's, there's like an evolved message. It's just, it happens so slowly. And sometimes the vision or new ideas get downloaded to us. And I think this is the key. And we think that it means we have to do them overnight. Yeah. And we don't give ourselves the space to just breathe and let ourselves the human just catch up to it you know what I mean and that's that's why I think we overwhelm ourselves we're like oh my god I can see so like I got this idea I got this vision um but we're just not entirely ready to be at the clarity of that vision yet and we overwhelm ourselves and I think if we can just stop and realize okay I just need to pay attention I just need to do what feels relevant right now I just need to listen for my highest excitement I just need to ask where does it feel best for me to serve we we just don't mean to put so much pressure on ourselves to become anything overnight and we just have to realize that we're always being guided 
um, perfectly and amazingly. And we're always being slowly equipped. And that's the key word, slowly equipped. Yeah. There was no way I could organize the events I do now or run the mentorship programs I do now or write the book that I'm writing now if I didn't get equipped throughout my network marketing journey and leading that tribe. Like we're always being equipped for the next level. So it's just, it's just so much about understanding this relationship between um, what's calling us and us as the human mm-hmm. and realizing that there's stuff that is wanting us and there's, there's sometimes a gap and we've got to catch up to that and we, we don't have to have it all figured out. We're always being guided. We're always being equipped. Um, but we just have to pay attention. If you're excited by something continuously yeah. over and over again, whether it's a message, whether it's a business, whether it's an idea, whether it's a book, whether it's a, then pay attention because excitement is the greatest clue mm. that we ever get. Um, and I love, and I, love, I love what you said about, you know, no, I just love what you were saying about you were sharing what was working for you as well. Cause it's almost like you were discovering things that you felt that other people would benefit from. And you kind of went ahead and shared those ideas and those concepts and, have that trust and that faith, like you said, that we are being divinely guided and supported. And that, like, I think you're right. I think people, especially when we talk about passion and purpose and, you know, you know, fulfilling our highest destiny or our highest version of ourselves, people freak themselves out. But what you're Mm -hmm. saying is just trust, chill out and be aware and conscious of what lights you up, what you're enjoying. You don't have to have it figured out. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm totally with you. And I think people can get put off by doing it just because yeah. they think I don't have all the answers, but you're, what you're saying, which is beautiful is we, we don't have all the answers, but we just mm-hmm. go along our journey and trust. Like you said, the network marketing was giving you the skills to lead your becoming tribe, but yeah. and listen. It's so, it's so true. It's like, we think I always explain it like super Mario Kart. No, not super Mario Kart, like crash bandicoot. Like, so when you're playing a video game, which, all millennials did at one time in their life or, or every, even, even our parents watched us do it. Everybody knows that how to play video games. You can't get to level two until you've nailed level one. Love and it. You Great analogy. You just can't. And yet sometimes our vision or our, you know, I have this idea for a company, I have this idea for a book, or I don't know. Sometimes we're just so trying to get to level 10 and we're not paying any attention to level one. And we're never going to get the equipment to even get to level two if we don't stop and look around at level one, what do I need to do at level one? Mm-hmm. Like a level one requires me to just listen to this excitement, right? It could be as simple as start a Facebook page and start communicating these messages to these people. It could be that simple. And yet we're so in the comparison of, okay, well, I've just seen on Shark Tank, this person walked out and they had um, this whole idea put together. And so I need to have a company by next week. And it's like, no, no, just, just, realize that it is an unraveling that you are a human being as brilliant as we all are we're still human beings so we do have you know what is revealed to us consciously and where we are in time and space it's not always going to match up yeah. we, do, we have to just treat life as like a as a crash bandicoot game you know okay i'm what what is asking for me at level one where do i need to pay attention to at level one and then we're gonna without even knowing it it's going to pop up on the screen. Now it's time for level two and we're going to be in level two and there's going to be new resources and new opportunities and new people show up and new events that we go to and new books that appear that, and it just, so we just want people to just simplify it to, okay, what's exciting me right now? 
what am I so curious about? Like, where am I being wanted? And I think that's a better question than this deep question of what is my purpose or my passion? Because what is your purpose or your passion right now may not be that forever and you don't need to pigeonhole it or make it make it like you either have it or you don't because your your purpose right now is to follow follow your highest excitement and your highest alignment and to pay attention to it. And when you can start mastering that relationship, then you are going to to jump from like what excites me now to what excites me now to what excites me now to a sense to then it will start to make sense. And then it won't make sense again. And then it will make sense again. It just it's just even now I'm like yeah, yeah, it just unfolds. Your life unfolds absolutely, and I think it's having that trust and that faith. Like you said, you become more conscious. You get out of your head. You get in your heart. You start just following the bits that you really enjoy and trust that it's unfolding in front of you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So tell me the next bit. I'm excited. So we've got to obviously you're transitioning out of network marketing. You're coming up with the idea of the genius group. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me how. Yeah. That- I mean, so my, uh, I got married to my husband and well, I got with my husband, my husband, his, it, the, the network marketing company I was building, Isogenics, it was his family's company. So naturally my role evolved. Um, so I was going through this inner stuff already and then I was getting married to Eric. So I was going through this, well, what's my role now? You know what I mean? So there was so much, and this is such an important part of the story there was like expectation coming from the wider world, not from Eric or his family, but just the wider world. Well, Peter, are you going to do this now? Are you going to do this now? Are you going to do this now? So there came a time in my life once again, where I had to check in with my highest alignment. What what is going to feel the best for me? So for me to acknowledge that I wanted to to do work beyond network marketing, that was another really hard leap for me that took courage because there was a lot of people who were seeing me get married to Eric and he's coming in to take over this company who naturally assumed that that was going to be my role. Mm-hmm. And so I had to once again check in with where am I shooting myself? Where am I um, listening to expectations, pressure, or projections that are not my own? And how can I honor my highest alignment and have the courage to do that? Even though now at this point, I had a big audience. When I left my PhD, um, I didn't have an audience. I just probably just got Facebook. I don't know. But but how can I really stick to, to my alignment now? So um, it was, I mean, it's always a much bigger thing in our own head than it really is. Yeah. You know? Al- alignment isn't totally an inside job. The whole world will respond to our alignment. So when I finally got the courage to be like, you know what? I'm always going to nurture my network marketing team. I'm always going to take care of them because I built it and I love them and I care. But I am moving into this new role where I do... I don't, I just want to be like laborless and, and be able to serve in other ways. So I started serving the company um, more uh, corporately in terms of introducing this, this new way into the company and helping to guide them and helping with things like sustainability and, um, and little things like that, which were all about the new way and doing more work with my husband there. And as my role started naturally shifting, I then was like, okay, well, where am I? most wanted what's most exciting to me and it was so clear I wanted to build you know it, it's just it it's god it's just looking back I'm just like god why it's so clear now why couldn't it have been so clear the whole time then that's why we have to just honor the so honor the process and pay attention but 
um, the transition was beautiful because I realized that it wasn't, it, we, we build it up so much in our head, every, everything we do, right? And it's yeah. like, just, just focus on one thing, like your alignment and the whole world is going to respond. You're never going to have everyone pleased, but you can never, ever, ever live a life where you're not pleasing your own soul. Like that's a, a, the ultimate no-no. So, um, so I then was like, well, People from all over the world were like, can you mentor me? I was finally like, yes, I can. Like now I'm, I, I built a program called the Supercharge, which was just, it's like a tribe-based mentoring program from people all over the world, all sorts of professions. And I felt so free. Like I can now reach people outside of network marketing. I can reach authors and healers and speakers and entrepreneurs of all sorts. Um, and then, And then the guidance just kept coming. I was downloaded with, genius which is the, the brand and the company i'm building now which essentially was a global hub essentially is a global hub of nakedly brilliant people who are mobilized to create epic shit in this way and so when i finally gave myself permission to move on to what was wanting me next and to not um, and to honor that which no one else could see rather than honor what perhaps other people expected from me which we all have then everything, then I slowly started to receive downloads and ideas and visions. And then I, um, yeah, I could build, I had my first big event last year in the US. I had another one in Sydney. I created the supercharger, started creating programs and it just started to feel really good. I was, it started to feel like, I just started to feel like I was on the, I was on the same page as my own alignment. Mm. Um, and again, I, it, again, there was that period where I had to check in. Is this, you know, like, where am I, where am I uh, needing to call upon courage rather than just being squashed by what I feel the world wants from me? Like, it's like, no, check in. What is really wanting? Like, what is really wanting? What is really exciting? Um, so, yeah, that led me to where I am now, which is just so fun because even, and one thing I didn't ever expect to do was, was going to be working with like, and getting on podcasts with people working with, big corporations and they come to me and they want to know what's the new way how can we better understand millennials how can we better understand how you feel about the planet so that was just like a nice surprise you know what I mean it's like, yeah it's just but it all comes back to honoring your alignment yeah and putting it before anything else and that is the most courageous thing and sometimes the toughest thing for us to do is to put our own alignment and to do what we know we need to do in our soul even if not a single other planet on the person on the planet understands, that's the ultimate courage. And once we can, once we can get that in our own time, because it's not always courage isn't always just there. No, on tap, definitely not. Then that's that's when we can be available to these these downloads and these ideas and these visions, and they're looking for us. Like they're looking for us. You know. What advice? It's people are listening and you know they've heard the journey they've heard the story like how can they get closer to their alignment like what what are the things that you do now that maybe you didn't do at the start of your journey that help you hear these messages that create that clear chat clear channel for you yeah so i see alignment as being like the hose and i call it the kink hose or the hose like our our alignment is a hose which essentially runs straight through us and it gives us our life force our creativity our freedom, our feelings of happiness, joy, peace, calm, abundance, everything. It's just like everything is free flowing. And when, when we have these misalignments in our life, they're like kinks in our hose. And that, like our whole, how whole hose gets kinks sometimes 
when we're living a life of obligation, guilt, yeah. um, saying yes when we mean no. They're all the little kinks that kick up our hose. So when we can just um, recognize and just, just tune into, and, some, and a question I always ask in the supercharge, we actually talk like this, like, oh, that's a kink for me. I can't do that. It's a kink for me. Stop and realize what am I, what's on my calendar, whether it's daily, weekly, or yearly, that is a kink for me. Like what, what is it that is, it, it is hindering me feeling like I'm in my flow. It's, it's perhaps an obligation, an old commitment, um, something I'm doing purely because I feel guilty if I don't, um, you know, something that I just don't have the courage to let go of yet, which is fine. Um, just, just acknowledge it. So it's, it's really sometimes about to, to become in alignment. It's firstly about checking in where we're like, where are there the misalignments in our life? Where are we acting out of obligation? Where are we saying yes too many times when we know? Where are we actually thinking our flow? Because that's when we're blocking these downloads and this intuition and this, this, this free access we have to our ideas and our visions, which is always there as long as we are staying open to it. And then once we allow ourselves to be clear, clear and free of the kinks in our life, then it's, then it's like, okay, we can get on the offense then, right? It's like we need yeah. the deepest offense. Well, what's it? Then it comes back. It never gets any more complicated. It's like, well, what's wanting me now? Like, what's exciting me the most now? Like, what am I the most curious about now? What am I not doing in my life that I really love to do that I stopped doing because X, Y, and Z became more important? Um, you know, and then it could be small or it could be big. Is there a new city I need to live in? Is there a not-for-profit I need to create? Is there a book I need to write? Is there, um, you know, it could be big or small. You know, some people's kinks are big. It's like their relationship or their job or where they live. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it could be small. Like my calendar sucks. I'm not working out enough. I don't go to yoga anymore. So when we can just see our life as like a kinked hose, how kinked or unkinked our hose is, then we can start to feel more in access. Like the, the secret is, and the truth is that our creativity, our ideas, and our downloads are always coming to us. It's just, if our hose is so kinked up, we just have no space to feel it and hear it. Mm. So if we, can, if we can simultaneously be unkinking our hose as a habit, and also then letting ourselves be pulled by this, you know, like the Rumi quote, let yourself be pulled by the... Um, strange pull of what you really love it will never leave you astray it's like that it's like once we can um be untangled from this life of like should i'm obliged to i feel guilty if i don't i, I can't say no then we can be on the offense and start um, paying attention to all of these beautiful really uh, helpful signals which again don't have to be very profound no. it could be a one just do salsa dancing on tuesday nights yeah, like, yeah. that could be <laughs> Well, it's like, you know, you're advocating flow in all areas of your life, basically having that flow and that, and, and essentially by having that flow, we're allowing the messages to flow because everything's flowing beautifully, you know, in all areas. But, well, Peter, I thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming and talking to us and sharing your journey. And there's been some amazing insights there for people listening. You know, like you said, it's kind of just become more conscious of what's in front of you. You don't need to know where you're going, but you do need to follow what is lighting you up. So. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time and we're going to have all of Peter's details in the show notes so you're going to be able to find out all about her tribe and what she's doing in the world because we'll have her, all her connections in the show notes but Peter once again thank you for joining Kissy Talks thank you so much for having me it was so fun yeah and like 
the best of luck for the next however long, one week, two weeks, three weeks, you know, I'm sure you're going to be the most amazing mum. Oh, thank you so much. I can't wait. I'll let you know when when baby comes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But um, we will see you again next week on Kitty Talks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Kitty Talks. Be sure to head over to our kittytalks.com website. Become a member of our exclusive club and you'll get free interviews and access to our private Facebook group. Exclusive webinars and secret success interviews. See you there.